Welcome back to another episode. It's the start of the second week of a brand new year, and I hope you had a good first week. Maybe you were on a break from work or getting ready to jump back into work or school activities. You may have already set some goals for yourself, and now that the holiday activities have settled down, it's time to take action. I'm right here with you, and today I'll share how I approach my goals for the year to ensure that by December 31st, I'm not experiencing any major disappointments, regret, or feelings of failure. So let's dig in. Hey, sister friend, welcome to the Shades of Trauma Healing Podcast. Do you want to overcome the wounds and impacts of childhood trauma that are holding you back in life? Do you want to get unstuck, begin thriving, and confidently living God's best in all areas? I'm Jenny L, a certified clinical trauma specialist, life coach, trauma thriver, and most of all, a daughter of God living loved and on purpose. In this podcast, I'll share trauma education, healing strategies along with biblical applications and motivational stories to support you in your journey toward trauma healing and thriving. So grab your journal, settle into your favorite spot, and let's begin. I mentioned in last week's episode that I've not made a New Year's resolutions for quite a while now, and let me just explain what I mean by that. Generally speaking, a New Year's resolution is a promise that people tend to make to themselves to either start doing something good or stop doing something bad on the first day of the year. My process is not much different from this, but the main difference for me is that I do not pay attention to doing it on the first day of the year. Putting a timeline that starts on the first day of the year has not worked well for me. And as I said last week, the whole idea of New Year's resolutions felt too pressured. And yes, the pressure was self-induced, but I still felt it. I would start a plan on January 1 and by March 31st, I would know a quarter of the year was over and I was either on target or I was not. If I was not, I started to feel this sense of panic. I felt like I was not doing enough and I would not succeed. I often let my thoughts get the better of me and I attached so much of my identity to what I accomplished or what I was doing. I did not do well with that kind of internal pressure, so I had to change my strategy. I still set goals for myself. I still write things down to keep track of my progress, but I had to do a whole mind shift to get a better relationship with my goals, my plans, and my timeline. So what is the strategy that I use? I will share that with you. And of course, this is what works for me. So I'm not suggesting that you adopt this word for word. We are all unique and you get to look at what you need, what works for you, tweak things and make it something that supports you going forward in your goals. So this is a five-step strategy. So my first step, and this is my non-negotiable when it comes to making plans or setting goals for tangible or action-oriented goals. I never start mine on the first day of the year. So New Year's Day comes, it goes without me saying I'm going to start this or that on the first day of the year. 
It's not that my plans and my goals do not have start dates, but I have such an unhealthy response to the idea of January 1 that I do not use it as a reference point. Now, January 1 may not be an issue for you, but if it is for you others, then I want to highlight that you need to know what influences your outlook and your behavior so you can tweak, adapt, or adjust things to support you. So step number two, before I set any goal for myself, I take my life and my plans to God. I ask God, what do you want to work on in me? Or what do you want me to work on this year? I also check in with when he wants me to start. This gives me so much freedom because when I move according to God's plan and God's timing, I don't feel that pressure to get things done on a chronological or a personal or a man-made timeline. Plus, if I'm moving according to God's plan and God's direction, I know he provides me all the resources and all the things that I need to make it through. And let me give you an example. Although God has been calling me to start a podcast for a few years now, in January last year, in January 2023, he impressed me clearly that this was the year to start, 2023 that is. I got the strong impression in January and the thought continued to roll around my head and to be impressed upon my heart. I didn't really have an idea about all of the things that went into starting a podcast, but I've been working with God long enough to know that if he's impressing me so strongly, he would provide what I needed to take the next step. And sure enough, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts one day. And on that day, there was a guest speaker talking about how she helped Christian women launch podcasts. So I started listening to that lady's podcast and she had a program that I found really interesting. I checked in with God. I got the go ahead to join her podcasting program to learn how to do this thing. And in her program, she had a timeline, which was that people who joined the course would launch a podcast in 30 days when they signed up. She actually had people write in the date, 30 days from the day they got to that portion of the lesson. And that would be the launch date. Did that happen for me? No. It took me four months from when I signed up to when I actually launched. And in my journey, God had to deal with a lot of my fears around showing up on a platform like this, the vulnerability I would need to show as I authentically dealt with such sensitive topics. And to get me prepared, he led me to a six-week Bible study on Gideon that dealt with exercising courage for the call of God. All of this was necessary for me because I needed to adjust my heart and my mindset and that was not on a man-made timeline. I did not feel bad that I didn't launch in 30 days because I knew God was at work and I knew it would happen in his timeline. The takeaway from this step is to move with God's timing and not your own or not a chronological date, not a man-made date. Sure, there are things in your life that are based on dates, like if you're in school or university, you have semesters, you have assignments to be done. So those, of course, we move based on the timeline. I'm talking about setting personal or other developmental goals. So with my case, 
I was to launch this podcast, but God multitasks. That was the goal, yes. But I also needed to address my heart and my mindset and deal with some of the fears I had around what it would take to do this kind of service. This was just part of my process. Step three is to focus more on becoming than on doing. We are all human beings who do amazing things in this world and people gain their sense of identity from what they do more often than who they are. I lived like that for a very long time and the pain of not accomplishing my goals affected my identity so much and I came to realize that there must be a better way to live. First of all, I thought it was totally my responsibility to accomplish all the things I set for myself. And as we all know, this human is not perfect. So I have bad days, hard days, frustrating days. I have do nothing days. There were days when I ran out of steam. So I would just collapse in a ball of frustration because I could not do as much as I wanted to do. In seminary, I really learned what it meant to be. Be a whole life learner, be present, be less outcome driven and be more Christ-like. Yes, the goals and the dreams I set have tangible outcomes sometimes and I and the world can celebrate those when it is seen, but there are also intangible outcomes that only you and God see. Sometimes for a long time, it's just an internal growth process. Sometimes you have the benefit of bearing fruit that can be visible to others, but so much of our internal growth happens with just you and God seeing what's happening. When I set goals now, I go into them knowing that there are multiple outcomes. And because I'm a lifelong learner, I frame my outcomes in terms of learning. I talked a little bit about this in the last episode. So this is how I approach things in any given situation. I look at what I can learn about God, about others, about the world, and about myself. Even if the physical outcome does not go the way that I want to, sure, depending on what it is, I might feel a little bit sad about it, but I don't stay there. I feel the feelings, I process them, I take my inventory, I celebrate myself as we learned in the previous episode, and then I look at the other outcomes that were achieved by asking myself in this situation, how did I get to know God better? What did I learn about other people? How do I see the world now? Or what did I learn about myself? The good thing is, because I know that this is my process, I go into every situation with excitement and an open mind, a mind of learning, knowing that I would have a lot to reflect on later, despite the outcome, because the learning is an outcome. To me, this is a win-win, and I can take whatever I learn in one situation and leverage it for a better outcome in other scenarios. And this would increase the likelihood that I would have a better success or better outcome in my plans and goals going forward. Step number four, setting tangible goals is one thing, but in addition to doing that, you can also select a word or a phrase that you want to use for the year. And I must say, this is the one thing that I do on January 1st because it's not a tangible outcome. It's more of a mindset, a theme for the year. 
So come January 1, last year, 2023, my phrase was do something that scares you. Did this mean that I only did one thing? Actually, the more I faced my fears, the more I learned and I used that learning to address the other things in life that scared me. As I moved through the year and faced different situations, I would notice whenever fear came up, I evaluated where the fear was coming from. I dealt with the issues if it was something that I had to deal with or if I recognized it was just the enemy spouting negative and fearful thoughts at me, I would take that to God. If it was in my case where I needed to deal with the root of it, that's what I did and I moved forward with whatever action I had to complete. Sometimes I still felt afraid doing what I had to do, but the motto was to do something that scares me, right? You could say that this is a personal goal, I suppose. And at the end of the year, when I did my end of year reflection, I looked at the things that I did that may have scared me and how I grew. And I placed that in the what I am most proud of or what I learned about myself category in my inventory. Last year, I had some difficult conversations to do that I was dreading, but they were necessary conversations. Because I knew my theme was to do one thing that scared me, I had to work through the fear and then just do it. Because of doing this, I learned more about myself. I saw the source of certain emotions around difficult conversations. If I needed to resource myself, I resourced myself and I learned how to heal from any wounds or any hurts that I had that may have been causing the fear. And I would definitely call that a win. Step number five is to write down your goals and share them with an accountability partner. This falls into the category of having the support you need to accomplish what you want to for the coming year. I have accountability partners for different goals and different areas in my life. And I have one for the spiritual development, one for the podcasting journey, and I have one for my psychotherapy practice. Now, I can speak to these ladies when I'm struggling or just need encouragement or on any given day if I just want to process things out loud. I was not always like this. I used to believe that I could and I should just do everything alone. But now I love collaboration and I live by that proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. With my sisters, we keep each other accountable and provide practical and emotional support without judgment and in accordance with God's direction so we can accomplish what he wants us to do in our lives in any given year and for any designated project. I've shared with you information that hopefully supports you in accomplishing your goals for 2024. And if you want to make 2024 different or perhaps better than 2023, I have a resource for you. I did not create this resource and it is free online so anyone can download and use it. And I do not get any financial benefit from sharing it with you, but I found it so supportive. I think you can also benefit from it. It's called the Year Compass and you can get it at yearcompass.com. That's Y-E-A-R-C-O-M-P-A-S-S dot com. I'll also put the link in the show notes so you can access it there as well. 
You can use this free year compass. It comes with a booklet to help you reflect on 2023 and plan for 2024. The What I like about the workbook is that it has a set of carefully selected questions and exercises, which can help you uncover your own patterns, your strengths, and design your ideal year. As you go through the questions, it would help you learn from your mistakes, celebrate your victories, and it can set you on a path that you actually want to walk on. And according to the Year Compass website, it says New Year's resolutions don't work. Year Compass has worked for more than 1 million people around the world since 2012. So check it out and see how it can support you. Once you've done your year compass, if you want accountability and support to meet your goals for 2024, join us in the private Facebook community, Heal Childhood Trauma as Christian Women of Color. In this community, you can post your reflections, you can post your homework, your goals for the year, and you can let us support you in making 2024 the best it can be for you. In addition to joining us in the Facebook community, I also invite you to sign up to become a Shades of Trauma Healing Podcast Insider at subscribepage.io forward slash S-T-H podcast. As an insider, you will receive weekly inspirational emails and you'll get first access to any new developments as they unfold coming out of this podcast. So once again, the link to sign up is subscribepage.io forward slash S-T-H podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I always welcome your emails. I am happy to hear from you and how the podcast is supporting you how it's shifting your mindset. So send me your emails at support at shadesoftraumahealing.com. I really enjoy connecting with you and I hope the Year Compass really supports you. Let me know how it's going for you. So happy planning and I'll see you next week. Before you go, sister friend, did this podcast episode encourage, inspire, or teach you something new? If so, would you be so kind as to share it with another friend who needs help to overcome her childhood trauma? And don't forget to hop over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating and a written review for the show. This way, the show can reach more sisters who need to hear it. Thank you for listening and know that I am cheering for your healing. I'll be back next week. So until then, take time to breathe and be blessed.